Well, welcome everyone. My name is Brenda Lee. I'm the Marketing Communications Specialist at CMAX, and this is episode eight of the CMAX podcast. I'm here today with my co-host, Clarissa McCallum. Hello, Clarissa. Hello, Brenda. And today we're really excited because we have someone new and different um, from our barn staff joining us, Simon Primo is with us and he's going to be talking about his time at CMAX and working in our barns and a little bit about a bull you might have heard of named Fuel. Hello everyone. Hello, welcome. Hey, my pleasure to be here with you two today. Awesome. Well, let's just start out by having you give us a little bit of a background about yourself and how you came to work at CMAX. Okay. Well, a little bit of a background, so I'll I'll, I'll start off uh, fairly far. Let's, uh, so um, I was born in the city in Montreal. Um, so I grew up there. Uh, my parents both were both from the country, uh, and uh, opportunity back back in the day, my uh, dad and my uh, had a chance to buy his uh, dad's uh, land or. Uh, farm uh, so he did that was back in the 80s i was about a, i think i was around eight nine years old um so uh we went over there uh often to 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 take care of the land uh, grow crops grow cra- uh, cash crops and my grandparents uh, weren't very far and my uncle and my granddad had uh, a dairy farm so i went over there on weekends and spent my summers there so that's Basically, where my love for farming, love for dairy cattle started. Um, so, uh, went, spent my summers uh, there, finished school, finished high school. I did, uh, my, went to uh, McDonald College, uh, did my dip, graduated dip 95. I got a chance to go to school with my best friend uh, back in the day, which is, which he, Mark Ranget, who is uh, still my best friend. Uh, for 30, 37 years now, he's been my best friend. So, uh, so went to school there, graduated at McDonald College. Uh, the opportunity came at, when I graduated, the neighbor's farm was for sale. Uh, so my parents and I decided to buy the farm. Uh, it was a dairy farm, but back then I was still very fairly young. I was only 19. Um, the, the, Past owner decided to sell the cows in the quota, so we just bought the house and the land. It was a uh, another sixty acres with the with all the, the, the farm buildings and the house. Uh, moved in the house down there at nineteen. Uh, started working at uh, other farms, uh, working for my uncle as well, uh, full time. Uh, and a couple of years later, when I was uh, twenty four, my parents offered. Uh, offered me that they would uh, if they could partner up with me and uh, go uh, and start dairying on the farm again. Uh, so bought a herd of cows, uh, bought some quota. So did that for eight years uh, until 2005 actually. Uh, had to sell the cows um, uh, due to uh, let's say just oh uh, how can I say this? It's a, it's something I've told my team, and I I, I uh, always tell them 
just a just a from experience and so they don't do the same mistakes that I did. Um, so I was still fairly young. I was 24 and then uh, when I started starting having my herd and doing uh, doing uh, producing milk and and then just everyday dairy life and uh, ego got a little bit in the way. Uh, like I said, I was uh, always love farming since I was young. Thought I knew everything, but uh, dairying and uh, it's it's a lot more complicated than it looks. Eh? So not only uh, for cows, you have finance in there, you have everyday, um, everyday chores, everything that's going around. So yeah, so just lack of experience and everything else got to me. So a little bit of uh, the financial side got really heavy. Um, and I, I would like I would have liked to have a little bit of. Uh, a stronger mentor that would have mentored me and maybe gave me a little more advice that I would listen to. Not that my parents didn't try, but like I said, a little stubbornly, a little ego in the way. So yeah. Um, so in 2005, had an auction, sold out, sold the cow, sold the quota. Uh, went to become a classifier. So I was a classifier for two years. Uh, then uh, after classifying, um, um, Got the opportunity to work at Blondin's. I worked at Blondin's for a while, worked at Mystique's for eight years, worked at Blondin's again for two <laughs> years again. And uh, then the opportunities for to come to CMEX came along. Uh, I have to, uh, this wouldn't have happened if uh, a, a guy named Carl Saussier, which I'm sure everybody knows, uh, he uh, he's the one that, uh, reached out to me say hey i think there's a role for you i see you there um i think it would be perfect so um i thought i when he offered it to me uh i wasn't really sure but uh, after thinking about it and um, i think it was the right move to make uh so i i jumped in with both feet and i've been here for six years now so Wow, what an amazing story! And I think everyone knows Carl. Yes. If you if you haven't met Carl, you'll meet him soon. If you're if you follow CMEX at all and get linked in with Carl and all of his photos and exceptional knowledge of the show ring and Quebec breeders, very well respected, amazing host for our tours. So yes, shout out to Carl, who we will have on the podcast someday. We are nice. committed yes. to that. Yes, we yes. want him to join us. So, so you've been with CMEX six years. I've been for, with CMEX for six years. And what role did you start out in that first role? I started off as a coordinator coordinator in, down in St. Madeline, which was our Quebec site. Um, unfortunately, that closed down uh, two years ago now. Um, yeah, so I started off as a coordinator, coordinator sorry about my pronunciation. Um, yeah, just starting down there, just uh, learning the ropes, uh, how to manage the bulls, uh, production, uh, managing a team, which, uh, uh, to be honest, never done before. So yeah, no, uh, so that's where uh, I started. Um, grew into the supervisor down there when uh, Mark Noel, who was with CMEX for a long, long time, uh, mm. decided to retire. So uh, was the la the supervisor that, uh, down in St. Matt for the, la the last two years before it closed down. 
And um, then uh, when um, all the bulls were moved and everything uh, everything was done down there, got the opportunity from uh, John McDougall and Stephen Andrews to uh, to come to manage the the, the team in, here in in Guelph. So and this is what I've been uh, doing for almost two years now. Will be two years in August. Awesome. And just just maybe not everybody understands where our bulls are located and, and exactly how many we have. Can you kind of tell us, you know, a little bit about our facilities, where they're located and how many bulls are at each location? Yeah. So so uh, like I said, back in the, if you go back uh, two years ago, we had three sites. Uh, we had well, actually we had four sites here in Canada. Uh, we have Brockville, which is our isolation facility. Uh, usually we have between 100 and 200 uh, young stocks, young bulls down there that do their isolation uh, before they send out to uh, to the main centers. Uh, you have the Kent Kentville facility, uh, which uh, houses most of our beef, uh, beef sires. Um, and uh, since the proximity to the Brockville, they get a lot of the young sires that we have right now. Uh, after they're done isolation, they go down to, to Kempville. And um, now we have the facility here in Guelph. Ever since the uh, St. Mad one shut down, everything, all the sex semen is done now in, in Guelph. Uh, I'm sure uh, most of you have seen pictures. Uh, we're We've been uh, very lucky in the last year. Well, last year we have brand new buildings. Uh, one opened last July and the other opened uh, this past January. Um, so uh, the team is very lucky here. Uh, we've got brand new facilities to to take care of our bulls uh, and to um, where our bulls are uh, are housed now. So we're we're very lucky, very fortunate. How was that transition for the bulls and your staff into getting those new barns and all of the renovations while still maintaining full production? It was a little bit of a challenge. Uh, I, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Um, a lot of things going on, a lot of noise, a lot of um, unfamiliar uh, faces uh, as far as people moving around. Uh, you have construction workers working here in like there was construction workers uh, working here and there. Um, so it was a little more of a challenge to the team, uh, but I think we pulled it, we pulled it off really, really well. Uh, I think if you look back at our production numbers for the last year, I think, uh, uh, yeah, we, we met expectations and uh, yeah, the team handled it uh, very, very uh, gracefully and uh, with without any big big mishaps so yeah and so we've got new facilities and we refurbished some stalls as well so yeah. what what is the capacity at guelph right now so we have like i said we have two new uh, brand new barns the first barn that opened last july has 88 pens in that one uh there's uh 40 pens that are 12 by 24 which house most of our big bulls and then you have 44 smaller pens, 10 by 20s. So which gives us a capacity of, of 84 pens in that barn. Mm -hmm. uh, the other barn is is uh, 96 pens, which is uh, four rows of 24, uh, all 10 by 20s. Uh, most of our young stock that come in from Brockville uh, go in that barn. Um, so yeah, so it gives and 
we have three annexes that were there that were built back probably in the 90s, but we uh, fully renovated before building the new barns. Um, each There's two annexes that have 50 pens in, it, in each uh, and one at the end, who, uh, which has 34 pens, which uh, were uh, where group housing was before. Uh, but now they are the pens are probably I never really measured, but probably around 14 by 22. And that they house uh, some of our bigger bulls as well, and some of the beef bulls that we have here. We don't have many, but we have a few, and uh, most of them are in Annex 3. So with those improvements, what do you think is the biggest improvement or new feature in the new facility versus the previous barns? Oh, that's that's a fairly simple to answer, to just the, the whole environment. Uh, the, the buildings are bigger, the wide open space, uh, the air in the barns are is so much better than the old barns. Uh, just ventilation, um, the bull comfort, uh, the, the stall, the, uh, the, um, the pens are so much bigger. Uh, they have a lot more room. That's a lot safer for the employees as well. Uh, a lot the bulls are all in head lockers now. It's a lot easier to catch our bulls. Um, safety rails everywhere. So as far as safety for our employees, I think those were and obviously the bull environment. Those are the biggest improvements you see in those barns. Mm-hmm. So is CMEX done expanding? That's a very good question, <laughs> and, and that's a very good question. And uh, there is a little bit of room. There's room uh, between uh, the barn, new barn two, and the old annexes. Uh, and uh, yes, there is a possibility that, that if needed, we have room to expand again. Awesome. You have um, new barns, more space for more bulls. Did you gain a lot of staff through that? How many people do you have on your staff? Yes, well, we did uh, a little bit of a restructure when I first got here uh, in, in Guelph. Um, a little different diagram that it, when like, how it was before. Uh, so I'm I'm the manager. Uh, I have uh, three supervisors uh, under my care uh, two uh, two to work during days. Evan Moyer and Lexi Clark and uh, one who takes care of the evening shift because we have two shifts now, which uh, was a little different uh, if you go a couple of years back. So Kate Nason uh, takes care of the evening shift and under each of them, they are they have a group of employees that they take care of. So they have seven or eight members of staff that uh, they uh, they supervise. And uh, through that, we have weekend staff that come in to help us to give us a hand on weekends because uh, not all the uh, day staff from the week come in on the weekends. So a couple uh, of them come in, but just to support our, our, our staff to support collection, support uh, feeding the bulls over the weekend. Uh, we have uh, three or four people that come in on weekends. So you said a couple of years back um, you didn't have as many people, you didn't collect as much, there wasn't an afternoon shift. So do you want to talk a little bit about that change and what we're doing now that we're doing all of the sorting in Guelph? Yep, I can definitely explain that. So I'll, uh, first off, I'll first explain a typical day of uh, a staff member that comes in. 
Um, so usually we start at seven in the morning. Um, people come in, they grab the, they get changed, they grab the collection list because every day we have a collection list that uh, just uh, it states all the bulls that need to be collected for the day. Uh, so people go out, uh, grab the bulls that are on the collection. Uh, we usually, not usually, we always start off with uh, our sexing bulls in the morning. Uh, we have a group of seven that come in. Um, so staff bring the, the bulls in. They bring a, a couple of conventional bulls throughout that. Um, we have a short team, team huddle. Uh, we uh, we talk about uh, what ha what uh, any safety concerns. If we have any uh, uh, what's on the agenda for today, uh, typical uh, if it if any concerns, uh, anybody do we are we anticipating any visits today? So just uh, basically just go throughout through our day. Um, we dispatch uh, people to different tasks. Some people go feed, mix feed. Some people go clean the barns. Uh, some people uh, are uh, are going to do collection. Uh, so uh, after we're done their huddle, we start uh, conventional collection. We start with the sexing bulls. We do conventional collection afterwards. Uh, this runs through uh, until 9.30. Uh, team has a break from 9.30 to 10. Um, and then we go, we do collection until lunchtime. Uh, in the afternoon, we have another group of bulls of seven that come in for sexing. Um, so another, some staff take care of that. Uh, some staff do complete uh, other tasks. Uh, we always have clipping going on. We always cleaning, obviously. Um, we always have, well, uh, since the, the teams are a lot bigger, we have niches. Uh, we have people who lead some niche uh, let's say a, a collection niche, um, uh, um, equipment niche, those that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a good time to uh, hold meetings in the afternoon, so we're a little less busy. So those are some of the things that are going on. Um, and uh, the day shift completes third at 3.30. Evening shift starts at 2.30. Uh, they continue tasks that are not uh, completed. They do other stuff as well. They take care of the afternoon feeding, which starts around five and at around eight o'clock we have an evening collection. So another group of seven bulls that come in and are collected. Um, so the evening team takes care of that. Uh, usually they get done around 10 and they clean up the barns, they clean up the AV room um, and shut the lights and uh, lights out are 11. So the bulls get a little bit of rest from uh, 11 till seven again in the morning. And that's seven days a week now, right? Compared to it would have been five days a week before. Yes, seven days a week, 25, 24 hours a day. Um, semen, uh, sex semen runs 24 hours a day. The only time sex semen is, is shut down is uh, during Christmas time, which is Christmas Day and Boxing Day, and we shut down at New Year's. So those are the only times that we have a little bit of a, a shutdown, but the rest of the years, the machines are always rolling. So you've got a big staff. Big staff. Big staff, lots <laughs> of people to look after and lots of personalities yes. and different skill sets. But this is a pretty specialized job, what you're doing. It's it's not just a plug and play. So when you're thinking about the kind of person that you want to employ, what are you looking for? What jumps to me is you have to love animals. You have to love, uh, I think that's 
if you have a deep uh, care for the animals, that's that's the number one thing. I think it's the most important. Uh, if I look at our team right now, um, they all love the bulls. They 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 nickname them. They they take <laughs> they take take care of them. Uh, Clarissa from working in the barns have seen it live. So yes. Um, so don't know that our team love our bulls. Uh, actually, today we're having uh, team pictures again with individual team pictures with their favorite bulls, which was a huge success last year. Uh, so we decided to do it again this year. So for those who didn't get an opportunity and some people, even though they had a great picture last year, they just, hey, I want to try with another bull this year. <laughs> a so. new favorite bull. <laughs> exactly. New favorite bull. Yeah. I, I so, want to know more about these nicknames. Give me a couple of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, well uh, just uh, for me, like uh, back in St. Mad, we had a we had a bull mo monument impression. We mm -hmm. called him Pappy down down in St. Mad because he was the oldest bull uh, <laughs> there. Yeah, he was we he was 13 uh, and he was still going strong. So that, that yeah, he was walking in and slowly coming in the collection ring. So that's why we called him Pappy down there. Uh, and just yeah, some little nicknames here and there. We all love fuel and um, a couple of other other bulls. I don't know all the nicknames that the team has, but yeah, it's pretty fun. I know there's one um, Yamaska. They call him Yammy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a, a little short form, just a cute yeah. nickname. But he's not little though. He's <laughs> <laughs> no, he is pretty big. He doesn't look like a Yammy. <laughs> but. So we alluded to him a little bit and we've kind of told people we're going to talk about him, but let's talk about fuel. Well, my favorite bull all time, although I don't have the experience of uh, of some uh, staff members that worked and passed for CMIX um, for the last for the six years I've been here. I, I don't think I'll ever uh, get a chance to be around a, such a great bull. So he's he's a the complete for me he's the complete package what you're looking for a bull. Uh, he has the confirmation. Uh, he's great to work with. Great personality. Loves mm -hmm. to be the the attention. Loves the attention. Is the attention seeker. Uh, loves <laughs> to take loves to take picture. Uh, yeah, he's one of a kind. One of a kind. I've seen many many bulls since I've been here, but none come close to him. I think you and Carl would agree on that. I yeah. think I've heard basically the same thing out of Carl. Yeah. No, he's, Favorite uh, bull of all time. I was just going to say, are you trying to make sure when he's on collection that you're there to be the one handling him? Uh, no, not, I, my role has changed a little bit since uh, St. Mad, uh, obviously now. Um, and I've, uh, although different, I've, I'm, I'm happy to a little bit pass the torch, to put it that way. Um, if you if you look at where I start as a coordinator in St. Mad, is if, and obviously down in St. Mad was a little different uh, environment than it was here because down there the team was unionized. You don't didn't get the chance to do as much as you would like uh, down there as far as when you're part of management. So for the almost all my time down there, the only thing I I, I could do was handle bulls. And so, and I handled bulls every day. All every time I've worked, I handled the bulls from seven thirty in the morning till noon, and afternoon collections for sex. 
so I got the chance to really, really get to get the to know the bulls, to mm-hmm. get to know their behaviors and uh, see what they do and just to observe them and just see what they makes them tick and just see see uh, see what they like or what when things didn't go right, what can I do differently next time? So I was yeah, so uh, I, I try to pass that knowledge to the team now. This is like little stuff that I see here and there. But to be honest, the team does a really, really good job of handling the bulls, uh, working with them. And like I said, they're very, very passionate. They love animals. They love they love our bulls. They take really, really good care of them. Um, so my job now is to support them as much as I can, uh, provide them anything that they need, tools, support, uh, anything they need from management, anything they need from a production perspective. Because, uh, yeah, that's my role now is a much more of a supporter and a provider to not only the barn team, but the whole team, like the whole teams that uh, uh, everything that evolves around the bulls as far as production, the labs and all that uh, help out. I help out with scheduling. I helped out with production. Any input I see or I hear from the team, uh, I, I try to share with the team because the goal is to get as much production as we can out of our bulls. But we have to make sure we maintain their health and make sure they're that uh, yeah they have great longevity. That's we want them. To, we want our bulls to last. So mm-hmm. we're taking everything in our power to make that happen. You know, you talked a lot about how your job has changed. Yeah. over time and how your career has changed over time. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of experience in a lot of different aspects of our industry, but what's the favorite part of your day today? You come into work and and what what's your favorite part? Favorite part of the work today? Um, that's a really good question. Um, like I said, I really, really like the the production side of the bulls. And I, I don't know, it's, it's something that's ingrained to me. I've, if I go back in my young days my when I first started working at uh, my grandfather's farm uh, I was sitting down on the counter when we didn't have it just waiting to do chores or something like that and just going through the bull catalogs and the bull flyers and looking uh, at pictures of dams pictures of daughters just going through I, I I I couldn't tell you how many hours I've I've looked and uh, examine all the proofs and everything that like all the numbers and the, the pedigrees and just it's it's just something I love back then and now I when I look at production uh, look at pedigrees and just daily production sex productions and what's uh, well this bull's not producing well uh, how can we improve discards and all that kind of stuff it's it's really something that uh uh, lights a little bit of a fire under me, and uh, I, I just want to, if I can share as much knowledge as I can t- with everyone uh, that uh, that works at CMX, so we can improve our production. If, yeah, that's uh, that's what I really like to do. And just thinking about, like, if you could tell a farmer, a client, a salesperson, anything about the barns and your work and your team at CMX, what would it be? Um. We're a dedicated group. We're a dedicated group. We want uh, it, the product that we're uh, 
building and trying to sell to the farmers around the world, they I can guarantee that we're trying we're putting all the efforts in to make it as as uh, as great as possible. Um, I know I know that's uh, at, that's uh, the the team that's CMEX team's goal. Um, we uh, we put our all our heart into it, and I know everybody very very we're very very passionate people here. Absolutely, and really, without you guys, we wouldn't have jobs. So you, to <laughs> us, you're you're some of the most important people at CMEX. Yeah, for sure. All right, now I think we've almost reached the end of our quiz bowl questions for you, but we've got one left mm -hmm. that Clarissa is going to ask you, but mm -hmm. you might need a couple options because you might have mm -hmm. already answered the question. Yep, and you can't say fuel. <laughs> <laughs> Because we already know how much you love fuel, but if you were to pick a different bowl other than fuel, um, what would your favorite bowl of all time be? I was thinking about that. Uh, that I knew this question would pop up, and I was thinking about <laughs> it the other day. So I'm uh, I'm going to turn 49 next week. So yeah, so I have a quite a few years of experience in the in my uh, let's say my uh, suitcase. Um, so if I look back, I have to, I have to go with Annabelle Hills Starbuck. Uh, I got the chance to see Starbuck, uh, in the, his pen, uh, in, at CIAQ. I, I think I was 15 or 16 and, uh, I just asked my daddy, dad, I'd like to go to St. Hyacinth and visit, uh, the St. Hyacinth Barnes, the CIAQ Barnes. So we just... Just to, just to show you how different now uh, it was back then than it is now with all biosecurity and all that. We just walked in the barns and started walking around yeah. and just uh, we saw a Starbucks in his pen. I uh, saw a whole bunch of other bulls. I was so in amazement to, to see how big they were. And yeah, so um, Starbucks, I think his influence uh, throughout the breed is undeniable. Uh, so uh I've got it. I got the chance. My my uncle uh, started an IVF center back in the 90s and uh, uh, Anvil Hill was one of her clients and he sent a lot of daughters uh, from Starbucks and from all the main fa Anvil Hill families. So I I got the chance to see uh, great Starbucks, legendary Starbucks daughters uh, like Star Lulu and Star Roxy and uh, yeah. So for me, uh, Starbucks is the one that started everything. Yeah, I don't think you get a lot of arguments, but I also need <laughs> to say it's a pretty amazing full circle story that at 15 you went to see Starbucks at CIQ and now you're in charge of bulk care for CMEX. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's why I'm I Although I, I love when I milk cows and I loved uh, dairying and if you would give me a choice and if I could go back in time and do something differently, I, I, I would certainly try to to, uh, to try to change that. Maybe I would still be uh, milking cows today, but I feel very privileged where I am right now. Um, I, uh, I am very grateful that I'm getting this opportunity. Um, I meet great people. I I meet and I get a ch I have a chance to work with great people every day. So, 
hey, this, uh, although I'm not milking cows, I'm doing the, the next best thing, put it that way. <laughs> yeah, well, and we certainly appreciate you and have really enjoyed getting to know you. And thank you very much for sharing your story um, with everybody listening in. It's, it's my pleasure. Really, uh, I thank you very much to uh, you guys giving me a ch- the chance to uh, record this podcast. I, I met Brenda a couple uh, a couple months back uh, when we did mm-hmm. the Discover 200 story, yes. and uh, we were discussing uh, a podcast. And uh, I, I t- <laughs> me and her were talking. Hey, I listened to this podcast and that podcast as uh, Jock yeah. Willink and Dedros Koulian and all. Andy Priscilla. So for me to get a chance to record a podcast with you two today, I'm very, very grateful. Well, we'll probably have you back. So don't think this is your last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I would would be honored to, to do another podcast with you two. Oh, we look forward to it. If you like this podcast, give us a four-star review. It really helps others find the show and learn more about CMEX, our people, our programs, and our services.